I am Michael. I'm a traveler, entrepreneur, investor, improv artist, and soon to be very, very bad stand-up comedian. And as always, I am very, very neurotic. I'm also a TV host and your host for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It is a Dweebs Global production where you can go for free mentorship help. They have mentors around the world. It's completely confidential. It's completely free. Anything from mental health to resume writing and everything in between. So dweebsglobal.org. Also, please hit subscribe or join or whatever it is on the social media platform you are using right now. So I am here today with an actually successful comedian. He's also an actor and he is also a podcaster. He's had television appearances on shows such as Drunk History, Gotham, and The Unbreakable Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt, which is a hilarious show. He is the host of the daily podcast called Weird AF News, which recently surpassed 1,000 episodes. He is an East Coaster currently living in Los Angeles, and he is one hell of a shortstop. So welcome, Jonesy. Oh, you included the shortstop part. I wasn't I sure did. you would. Ah. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it meant, <laughs> but it was. It means I got a very good throwing arm, sir. Very good. Yeah. I mean, I can re I got a gun here. I should <laughs> register it. <laughs> I even tried to say it like you wrote it. One hell of a. Because that's not hell how of a. I... Yeah. Hell of a shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> I can't seem to uh, stop playing uh, baseball and softball. Um, even at my advanced age, I can't, I got to just keep doing it. Yes. <laughs> I should probably get some insurance, uh, but yes, yes. A, a shortstop, always a sportsman at heart. Uh, all these other things I do, I've made my living in the arts, but I'm, I'm really a sports freak, a sports nut and always have been a bit of an athlete. And, um, I just can't let it go. I can't let go of these, uh, these childhood dreams of playing for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> one day, like, one day, Jonesy. Uh, do you think I should drop the dream? I don't know. Not, not, not yet. All right, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I still think I got it. Maybe a 48-year-old rookie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you thanks know, for having me, Michael. I appreciate the intro. was 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 sweet. Um, uh, I hope your listeners and uh, fans find my episode entertaining. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll even be funny. There you go. That's what we're hoping. It's the only reason we had you on because it said comedian. And I was like, I, I have been very funny lately. So we need to. All right. Let's uh, let's not. We'll set the bar not too high, but let's keep it. Let's keep <laughs> okay. keep the keep low expectations. That way I come across. Oh, well, I didn't expect much. That was OK, though. All right. I was going to say I play softball once a year on July 4th with all of my other 48 year old friends. And it is quite the scene every year. It's a little. And I assume, uh, little I assume it's. I assume it's not too competitive. It's a very laid back in your boozing kind of afternoon. That exactly. sounds like a great time. It I think awful. we all should get together once a year with our old ass friends mm -hmm. and embarrass ourselves at some sporting event, but just not and not take it really seriously. You know, whether it's basketball, softball, badminton, or even, you know, if you want to get edgy, play some lawn darts, um, you know, get drunk and throw around lawn darts. I mean, what's more fun than that? Uh, for, for people that don't know what lawn darts are, tell them, tell them what it is. It was, it's, a, it's a discontinued toy that you used to just throw up in the air and then it would come back and into the ground. It had like a dart end on it. And it would, if you threw it up and somebody was under it, it would literally kill them. Yeah. I mean, imagine a foot long dart, like a dart, a metal tip, like, and then you chuck it in the air and, <laughs> and, and you hope that it doesn't land on a child. <laughs> Right. It yeah. was actually sold in toy stores when it first came it out. Was. It was. It was Correct. I do recall this toy. I was very young, but we played it in my backyard. My drunk family threw that stuff around. Probably not a place I should have been hanging out, but it's just <laughs> it's just what we were doing back then. Nobody knew any better. 
you know, no one knew any better. It's amazing how we can use that excuse because you would think that, that Correct. it's used there, but it, it apparently can. So Yeah, you can probably still find lawn darts on eBay, uh, this discontinued item, and uh, I recommend it. I recommend it. Uh, hours of fun in the backyard. <laughs> Danger. Do you like a weapon at this point? Hey, but... some people like to, hey, look at, look at, some people like, you, you know, they like to play badminton. Other people like thrilling adventures. They like to bungee jump or, or uh, you know, jump out of planes and whatnot. Lawn darts are for you, the second person in that story. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We just made someone's day with that because they're on eBay <laughs> ordering so. away. I think we're going to be sued. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Fun for the whole family, guys. Fun for the whole family. Um, where, so you're an East Coaster. Where are you originally from in the East Coast? Oh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. Go right. Pats. There you go. So football is here, baby. It is so exciting tonight. tonight. I get to watch the uh, see. I'm from a place where we worship this God. His name is Tom Brady. We uh, he's our God and he's playing tonight. If you're if you're released. Well, no, by the time you release this, maybe not. Um, but it's, it's we're recording on Thursday night, two, the three, opening four weeks ago, yeah, be. opening night of football. And Tom Brady is, is going tonight. I, I couldn't be more excited for football. Um, I just I love I love watching so much. I enjoy the NFL. I get so much out of it. So, yeah, big, yeah. Uh, big Boston sports fan, big Boston person. Not my best quality, I admit. But, um, you know, when when I get drunk and the accent comes out, everybody seems to. Be pleased. There you go. There you go. That's always love fun. the accent. Just... It's a fun accent. It's a great accent. Sure. I, I agree. <laughs> not, not as good as British or <laughs> no, not as good as British for sure. Uh, but uh, I think more relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Who can relate to brilliant or well, open the boot? No one can relate to that shit. Who, what's a boot? Oh, you mean a trunk, you idiot? Why are you calling it a boot? Try. It's, fun to, it's fun to decipher sometimes. It's fun to oh, decipher. go and have a wank. No one can relate to that, you know. <laughs> like all guys can. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, uh, you know, wicked retarded. Who can't relate to that? That's hilarious. Right. Everybody loves that. And and you know, before before I get canceled for saying retarded, uh-huh. uh huh. We both. You know, I, I just listened to it. I might get canceled too. So. Where I'm from, it. All it means is uh, you're uh, you're falling short in life. That's all it means. You're just coming up short in life. That's what it means. It doesn't doesn't refer to anything else but that. And and by the way, my friends and family are still saying it back there, although I told them that they might not want to around certain people, but they don't listen. I understand. I was uh, I was with someone the other day and they were like, oh, I just put on my wife beater. Oh, wife. Beater, I, like, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if we say that anymore. Like they- I. My my friends and family still say it back home. They're they're a little bit behind, but uh, people it's, still still say these things. That's one of those weird things because I used to say it all the time. I never really put the words together. Like you're saying the words, but it never really came together of what they meant together. I never had I, when I said it. I never had that intention that no. some people had, like. That's not my intention. My my intention isn't you know a, a battered woman was not a part of the equation <laughs> at all. <laughs> right. When I put it okay. on or talked about it, I never even that never even thought thought across my mind exactly just like the word retarded never like i never thought of someone who had a some sort of mental handicap we just never that never thought that, that thought never crossed my mind either it wasn't until the rest of the world pointed it out to me that you're not supposed to you're actually referring to people i was oh am i oh i had no idea i just i call my friends that when they're being ridiculous yeah right right what's well, the same as what you said for lawn darts you know we didn't know any better we didn't know any so better. We're going to use it all day today. <laughs> I just hope the culture can forgive me. 
I'm not sure. I think we have our Instagram Instagram clip. So uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want everyone to know. I'm sorry. Sorry for all the things I've said. Jeez. I, I, I didn't have bad intentions. I promise you. I was just going for a laugh. Guys, I'm just going for a laugh. My intention isn't to hurt. My intention is to make people laugh. It's always been that. And if you took it the other way, man, I apologize. <laughs> this is your official statement? This is my the... official statement. I'm coming out on your show here, Michael. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, you definitely like to crack jokes. When did you when did you first realize you wanted to be a comedian? When I saw my roommate in college try it and it was uh, it was a shit show, an open mic, comedy open mic. And I'm like, wow, these people are horrible. I could totally be funnier than this. I helped my roommate with his jokes after his set. And then I watched him try it again. And I sort of was like, oh, is this how you do it? You, you try it and then you go home and you rewrite it and you try it again. And uh, I said, oh, I think I can do this. This sounds like fun. Uh, if anything, it'll just be a thrill, you know, getting right, up in front right. of strangers with your personal point of view or anecdote, your, your little confession about life, maybe some terrible thing you did. Uh, it's just a, a see and just see what kind of reaction you get. I just love that. I love getting reactions from people. I've always have. I've always been a prankster, this sort of thing. So I thought, oh, what a great way in real time, like right away, instant, instant response. You can say something. You can even say something about something that happened that day in the world and get an immediate response. I just thought that's very exciting. And, I'd and, imagine and back I, in college, you could pull stories out of your regular day that were controversial a lot more than you could as we get older. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, now we're in a cultural landscape where you uh, you have to be a little bit more careful Now you don't have to be. But it's prudent if you want to have a career of any sort to at least consider the things you're about to talk about. Uh, right. But even the actions like you just as a, as a as a college kid, you, you just put yourself in so many situations that would. Oh, that. Yeah. But also because that was 15 years ago, you know, so that was just a different cultural landscape right. at the time where you could just say whatever the hell you wanted to really without anyone recording it and putting it up on um, YouTube. And then you, uh, you know, next thing you know, you're you're going from being a, a, a successful comedian to working at Trader Joe's. Not that there's anything wrong with working at Trader Joe's. I love those employees. They always want to get to know me. They're the most, you know, congenial grocery store employees that I've ever come across in my life. Sometimes I don't want to talk either. So it, it can be annoying. You know, sometimes I just want to buy my asparagus and get the hell out of there. But, you know, they like to engage a little bit at Trader Joe's. They like to ask how your day was. What did you do this weekend? You say, hey, I went and sang karaoke. It doesn't end there. They're like, oh, what's your go to song? I'm like, really? I don't even know you, Jack. You work at Trader Joe's. You're asking me about my karaoke choice songs. Like, this is a little much here. I just want to get my asparagus and get out of here. But I appreciate the care. <laughs> That was a tangent, but uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, canceling somebody. And then they work at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Well, have, you, have you ever gone in Trader Joe's when like something really bad happened? You went through a breakup or something like that. And then you just you needed someone to talk to. So it was a good opportunity that they asked how you were doing. This is a just... great idea. I should totally try that. You know, right. you just go in there and <laughs> just start talking. They'll talk to you, man. They will talk to you. They are interested in you, or at least they're pretending to be interested. I think they're all on drugs. I have a feeling that there's Molly being passed around right before the shift. That's my that's my theory. They I are can't super prove it. happy and smooth moving, and it's it's uh 
The only way to find out, Michael, is to go undercover at Trader Joe's, <laughs> at Trader Joe's employee, and then we'll find out. Hey, at least I'll get that cool shirt. You know, yeah. that's pretty. Your cool. first day on the job, you just walk around. You got Molly. You got, you got Molly. <laughs> so we've we've diverted from the original thread, which was uh, about trying stand up comedy when I was in college. I mean, you know, if you're curious about what I talked about in college, like, I mean, you might. I think you have a higher opinion of me. Like, I wasn't breaking any ground in what I was talking about on stage when I'm like 19 years old, I was just talking about trying to get laid. You know what I mean? I think I had my, one of my first jokes was, uh, I have a couch. What is it? It was something about a couch. I have a, I have a hookup couch in my apartment. It's a hookup couch. A lot of, a lot of shenanigans have happened on that couch. My grandmother was over. She's like, Oh, this couch is nice. It's covered in plastic. Huh? I'm like, grandma, that ain't plastic. It was like, yeah, it's just a, it's a joke about a couch being covered in body fluids. Really, that was one of my first jokes. But that's the kind of crass stuff I talked about back then. But that's pretty common when you're a young mm -hmm. male comic. You talk about your penis. You talk about dating apps. I mean, well, there was right. no dating apps back then. But now I see young comics. This is what they're doing. They're talking about that. And I'm like, that's the same shit that I was doing back then. It wasn't until after a while that you get some, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. You kind of try to be an artist and a little more artist. sophisticated yeah but it's a yeah, good way to try. practice you're yeah. coming out with i guess when you when you're when you're doing shock and awe essentially it's almost an easier way out sometimes it can be i wasn't doing i wasn't my intention isn't shock and awe i wasn't like oh i'm gonna shock and awe these people no no my intention was like i'm gonna say what i think is funny it just happens to be juvenile because <laughs> i was in my teens still so like that's like that's just what it is there are comics of course who intentionally shock and awe and then they do that throughout their career uh, but that's never been what what um i've been all about uh i've been definitely about presenting ideas that are make you think sure and might uh be contrary to cultural norms and socialized ways of life and behavior and points of view but i wouldn't say that that's shocking and awing no Gotcha. I just Thanks. like to uh, I just like to um, make people think a little bit um, in, with my material. So did you just get out there and try on your own? Are you taking classes? Did you did you do anything to try to? No, you just go to open mic. I mean, that's just the way to do it. Some people take classes. I don't recommend it because uh, it's just not it's not the same. I mean, they can kind of teach you uh, joke structure, I guess, a little bit. And I think the. But at the end of the day, you kind of find your own way with that. Everyone's not everyone's, but styles can be different. So what a teacher, a certain style that a teacher might show you, you know, that might not be what you end up doing in the end anyways. So and I, I don't like I don't think it's helpful to put such some sort of like rigid parameters around a newer comedian. You want to keep it. You want to let them find their voice and keep it loose for them. So, you know you might end up being as someone who does one liners or a storyteller or, you know, or, or one of these shock and awe people, hell, you might even become a prop comic. So like, but you know, any, any stand up comedy class you take, they will never suggest that you be a prop comic or right. a guitar comic or anything like that. They will never, among other things they won't ever suggest that at all. So it, I think it can be limiting to take those classes. What they're, what they're good at is I would say, uh, you know, a support group for starters. Mm -hmm. So everyone in the class you assume is a beginner. And so you get a support group around you as you go out and try it. You can right. you, you have these people. Comedy is very fluid and, and it's very subjective. And we honestly don't know what comedy is. We try to put a, 
our finger on it, but it's very elusive. There may be new forms of comedy that will, will emerge. And with technology, this does happen. So whatever they say it is, it's just, that's just one portion of it. And you, you know, your stand-up style might not be even anywhere near what the people in your class are doing, you know, but just right. explore for yourself, man, explore. And, and, yeah. and the class is great, fine, but it's not until you get up there and the, those open mics are really where it all goes down. And that's where you discover, um, you know, what, what comedy is for yourself is the open mics, man. Nothing beats it. And gotcha. just get, get out there as soon as you can hit up open mics. I would recommend go to an open mic while you're even taking the course, because you could come back with some questions and feedback and, and get some help in real time from the instructor be like, Hey, I was at an open mic like last night and this is what happened. And, and like, here's my experience. And can you give me, can you advise me on this? If you say something expecting a laugh and the laugh doesn't come, at least for me, it just kind of freezes me in my place. Like it's just to, to recover and move on to the next, the next yeah, part. Sure. You'll learn in your, you might even learn this in your stand-up comedy class. Uh, we have these things called saves. So the saves are uh, just little lines that you can go to when a joke doesn't land. And a lot of them are stock lines that a lot of comedians will use. So um uh, when I say stock lines, I mean, it's just they're just lines that are out there that you'll see the same comics. You'll see uh, I shouldn't say the same comics, but you see all comics use the same lines as a recovery thing. For as an example, you tell a joke, it doesn't land and you say something like, ah, shit, that probably should have stayed in my head. Sorry about that. Um, or it should have stayed in the notebook. Sorry about that. Uh, and, you know, stuff like that. That'll just it breaks the tension and gets a little laugh and then you can move on. But I mean, you can't keep doing that throughout your act. You got to get some, some laugh. You don't five wanna... jokes lined up and all yeah. five jokes are. In yeah. The... So you don't want to do like just bad joke, save bad joke, save bad joke, save. Although I'm sure there's been people who have attempted that as a form of uh, anti-comedy or, or something, you know what I mean? Like, a because there are some bizarre forms of comedy out there, as you know, anyone, you know, if you watch like Mr. Show, these are like anti, or like, um, What's well, Kaufman back in the day, but yeah, Kaufman back in the day. Great example. Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. That is that is like, uh, as you know, this is sort of anti sketch. They're just like they're going in. They're taking sketch. They're going in another way with it. And, and so it's like it totally flips the whole sketch structure on its head. So some people do that with humor. This is why I say like humor is could be it's a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So when you're exploring as an artist in the world of comedy, um, you know, feel free to go to those places because you don't know. You just don't know, you know, set up punchline. Yeah, sure. That's classic. But I, I'm seeing other comedians make other styles work and it's fine. Right. You know? Have you ever tried to like completely alter your style or just go out there for? Oh, yeah, I start. I, uh, I, I tried to be a guitar comic for a bit uh, in the beginning and I had some success with it uh, out the gate. And so I. I deliberately stopped doing straight stand-up. I just started bringing the guitar to all the shows and doing my songs because people were going crazy for these songs. And I started getting paid work doing them. But then when I moved to New York, I, I was like very tired of carrying my guitar around on the subway just to go do three minutes at these shows in five minutes. You know, I would just keep lugging this guitar around and I'm like, this is, this is terrible. I hate this, you know? Uh, so, uh, I managed to so, teach because myself you to, because you didn't want to carry the guitar, not because it wasn't working. Yeah, I wanted to because because I didn't want to carry it around anymore. It was a pain in the ass because uh -huh. uh, I'm going out every night. 
in yeah. New York. And I'm I, I'm tired of this guitar, man. I'm tired. And then, you know, there's other you, you encounter other issues with it as well. You get to a venue and if you if it was a large venue, I want to plug in. And sometimes they don't have any additional mics or additional plugs for you because it's really not built for that. So like, what the hell? Sometimes I would run into a situation where I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm not even going to play it because no one's going to hear the shit. So all of these created mm -hmm. a situation where I, I was like, I better learn how to just be have a mic in my hand and just use my mouth noises and ideas to get laughs. Um, so that began that. So I totally uh, reinvented myself and, and on some level. Yeah. Gotcha. Had to, had to out of necessity, really. Right. Um, how, how do you handle situations where like you might have something terrible going on in your life and you have to get on stage and just put that aside and you're there to make people laugh? How does that? For me, I can only speak from my own experience with that. It's easy to put it aside. There's something happens when I get out there that uh, I guess something similar, like when I get on the softball field, I just can block the other stuff out when I'm playing ball or when I'm on stage. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, and it's only for a little while. So mm -hmm. it's pretty, you know, if I was on stage, if I was doing comedy for, you know, five hours, eventually it would you probably you might slip into that your original mood, I, I'd assume. Um, right. But just for that time on stage, I'm in a world, man, and I'm I'm in it. I'm concentrated. And uh, I actually cherish those moments sometimes more than my normal daily waking life. They're, they're just they can be transcendent experiences They're uh, You know, as I would say, Zen, very Zen, yeah. you know, beyond a very present tense, I guess, is, is the best way to describe right. it. When you're on stage, it's extremely present tense, that experience. Just like any any other uh, very all-engrossing art form will be, you know, whether you're a potter and you're deep into it or you're a painter or you're playing music, playing music stream. Or here's a great analogy, surfing, same thing, surfing. When you're riding that wave, you were just, you are one with the wave, then you everything else is gone. I am one with the crowd. This is very highfalutin woo woo description here. I don't want people to think I got a crystal up my butt because I don't. Although everybody else here out, out in Southern California likes to carry these things around. I'm not a woo woo person, but I, I, I think it's like these things and yeah. it's very present moment and it's very Zen. And because of that, I'm I can step outside of my everyday life uh, for that moment. It's a real relief. Yeah. And I'm thankful that it occurs that way, because if I couldn't do that, if it didn't have that effect, I don't think it's probably not right for me. You know, right. well, you know, adults in general don't get that as much as they got it as kids. I felt like there were, you know, you used to play soccer as a kid. You get the thrill of the soccer game and that kind of escaped all your worries at, at school. And you got the, the feeling of success and, you know, all of that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's very similar. Mm -hmm. So I, I, get, I do get it with improv. When I do my improv, I, I have my practice group once a week. And it's it's like two hours of escaping whatever I had going on outside. That's great. It. You know, it's very therapeutic. Um, and, and for this reason, I think art is so uh, useful in people's lives. It's very functional. Um, and uh, whatever that whatever art it might be, it, uh, there's so many. Art is so, on so many levels, it's so, it's so useful. It's so wonderful. It's really it's really all we got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's art. Art to me, it's like art and sports. This is all we got, man. It's all we go. got. I don't. I want to stay away from politics and government and finance. I don't like it, none of that. <laughs> sports and art all day for me. I'm just eating it. 
yeah. eating it. <laughs> there you go. I've never been a big sports guy, but um, yeah, I, uh, the art is definitely what I've, what I've found over uh, the past few years and that's changed my life. So it's great. It can be totally transformative like that. People need to know. People need to know. Take a course, man. Go take a take a drawing course. Who cares? Like I, I suck at drawing, but like I draw sometimes. It's fun. Yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to sell it afterward on Craigslist. Like I know what I know what it's worth. It's worth garbage. But to me, <laughs> I, I, the the moment I had, you know, I was drawing something. It was like it was it was fun. It's yeah. like great. I look back at old doodles I find from like books from when I was a kid. I wasn't, I wasn't that bad. Like these doodles are kind of decent. I kind of wish I kept going with it. Maybe you ought to get into oil painting. Why not? We might have a, you might have a future in this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have the patience to sit there like that. I need to be moving. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Um, so you, do you host this podcast called weird AF news? We all know what AF stands for. And it's, and it's anything but art. I'll tell you right now, Michael, it's anything. (laughs) It's this isn't um this isn't a masterpiece that's gonna I'm be doing, sold as an NFT and uh, no I'm doing stories about uh, a guy who stole 730 pairs of women's panties out of laundromats in Tokyo yesterday. This is what it's this is what Weird AF News is. It's very lowbrow. <laughs> so you find actual crazy news out there and report on it essentially. Yes, I do. I find uh, I try to find weird news and I do three weird news segments per day, five days a week. Per day. Yes, per day. Correct. How do you keep, you know, so many people make a plan. I'm going to every day take a photo of myself and they can't even do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, they can't. Nor they, nor should they. It's very, that's very pathological in my opinion. And I'm I'm worried about you. If you're doing that, I'm going to report you to the police as a possible serial killer. (laughs) Well, people, people do that. Like then they post it online. You see like 365 days of my life in, in a row. And, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I file that away with uh, who gives a shit. That's what I file that away. <laughs> your face place to file it. That's Please. <laughs> if this is your most interesting characteristic and talent is your face photo. I mean, I think we need to really revisit your life here, sir or ma'am or whatever you identify with. Maybe take a sculpture class. I'd rather see photos of your crappy sculpture that failed. You know, your your dilapidated, saggy, sad coffee mug that you tried to make for grandma. I'd rather see photos of that. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) What was your question? I forgot. I remember I'm trying to. Oh, the news. Yeah, the weird news. Yeah. Five days a week, over a thousand episodes. This is like four years I've been doing this, probably longer. Wow. And you could find that much crazy news. Are you kidding me? I have to turn away crazy news. It's like. (laughs) There's too much crazy news. You could do this. I could do 10 stories a day, seven days a week. There's yeah. too much crazy news. Yeah. Yeah. The world is getting crazier and the information is reaching all of us now. So not only is the world crazier, but you have access to the reporting of such crazy nonsense now more than ever. Whereas for, before it was like a local little story about some weirdo, you know, who whatever was caught cutting off you know, the testicles of the mailman, you know, would never reach mainstream, really. And, but now it all comes out. It all comes out from the corners of every world. Strange news from South Africa, Namibia, New Zealand, the Arctic. It's all it's all out and it's all on the interwebs. And then it comes across my face and then I, I put it in my brain. I do things to it and then I spit it out on the microphone on weird AF news five days a week on Friday. Michael, I only do weird news from Florida. It's called Florida Friday. It's the most popular episode of the week. Oh, and if you know anything, enough. if you know anything about Florida, man, and I'm sure I'm sure that you do. Mm-hmm. It, Florida is the degenerate capital of probably the world. Just the behavior there is so unacceptable. 
And uh, I, I just, it's never ending nonsense coming out of there and, and people love it. People love it. And I'm grateful for it as well. And I don't recommend any of your listeners visiting, stay away from Florida, just stay far, far away. <laughs> Is there any stories from Florida or just from around the world that stick out to you? It's just kind of the craziest that you've reported on. Uh, I always go to the, the story about the guy in Florida who was caught licking a doorbell for five hours. Um, you know, how doorbells have the like they come. Some of them come with a little camera you can buy right. a camera for your home security. And then you can look at the camera remotely. So this couple was they're at an event all night and they kept, hey, let's check our phone security system. And then there's a guy there's a guy up close to the camera light. And it, <laughs> Some weird ass fetish that is <laughs> licking a doorbell yeah. <laughs> when they don't recognize. And then they're like, okay, this is odd. Should we call the police? Now let's see where this goes. <laughs> Check in an hour later, still licking the doorbell. Two hours later, still licking the doorbell. Four hours later, still licking the doorbell. Oh my God, how's his <laughs> tongue just not being torn off by the plastic on the door? <laughs> Meanwhile, the women of the world are like, what's his phone number? I'd like that in my life. <laughs> so, I, you know, this is a story I just can't seem to forget. I just, I don't know what this guy was on, but... I just like to love to put my, my my myself in the in the heads of that family that just kept checking in. I'm sure they're they're at a party or whatever. They're showing all their friends, you know, this guy licking the doorbell. Eventually, obviously, I had to call the police. Yeah. To, you know, the nine one one call I never heard, but imagine it just must be hilarious. There's a guy, there's a guy that's been licking our doorbell since Stop giving uh, us prank six, calls. Yeah. Six p.m. Um, he's still. Is he still looking the door, ma'am? Could you describe him? I can't really describe him. I'll, I, well, I'll describe his tongue. How about I describe the tongue and the mouth? This is all I can see. Uh, I think just hilarious. The idea of it is so funny. Uh, they would always ask, is anyone in danger? Is anyone in danger? Well, my doorbell is. <laughs> the, the other thing that's been baffling me, and this has been going on for years, women are marrying inanimate objects and, and themselves. So I've come across stories where multiple stories where a, a woman married herself. A woman married a tree, a woman married uh, a bridge, a woman married, you know, uh, a zombie doll. Like there's been a lot of stories of women. A woman married a ghost, a dead ghost. Any divorces have come up with this? These, uh... So apparently the, 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 the lady had to divorce the ghost uh, fairly recently. I did the follow up story. She divorced. It was a ghost of a dead pirate from like the 1400s. She had to divorce the pirate because uh I guess at the end of the day, they didn't have the same goals. <laughs> I guess he, he just kind of wanted to hang out by the burial ground and she wanted to move to Hawaii. I don't know what the goals were, but like the whole thing is just ridiculous. How can you take any of it seriously? Um, now, I know some ladies are marrying trees so that they don't get torn out of the ground. Um, it's like That's a form of uh, activism. That you works. marry a tree to save the tree from being for whatever reason, the tree is going to be right. torn down. I don't know how that works legally, right. uh, but then some women are marrying trees because they're just lonely. They're marrying themselves. And I'm just like, ladies, ladies, you just don't, you don't have to go there. You just don't have to go there. No, it's no. really sad. No, I feel bad that people are lonely. You know, I'm lonely too, but I don't know. I, I, first of all, the, the feeling is so compelled to just be married just seems strange to me anyways. It's okay not to be married. It's not the end all be all. I guess for mm -hmm. some people, maybe it is, but so that's just one level of dysfunction. Is right. the, I feel like I need this title. And then the other, the other thing is like, I feel like I need it so bad that I'm going to marry a fire hydrant. Like 
where does that come from? I don't know. It's like major pathology. And I probably shouldn't be making fun of it because these people are sick in the head and they probably need help instead. But I can't help it. I can't help it. But you know, what I really make fun of is the friends that attend the wedding. I'm like, none of you. You're going to tell Cheryl that she's being a moron and just tie her to a chair and talk her out, like slap some sense into it. You shouldn't slap Cheryl, but uh, you're not going to figuratively speaking, slap some sense into your friend. You're going to allow her to marry a basil plant. Are you OK? Are you OK? The As enablers, the enablers are yeah, the worst. enablers. This is because we live in a culture where it's just very uncouth to tell somebody when they're full of shit. You're just not allowed to say that someone's stupid. You're supposed to go, oh, that's great. You know, and then you, you go to a party and you meet a flat earther and a Mormon. And we're all supposed to pretend that these ideas are absolutely normal and OK to carry around and talk about in public. No one's going, hey, both of you are idiots. Like, good luck with that, because that's the culture we live in now. So as a, as a consequence of that, also, no one's telling their best friend, Sharon, that they can't marry a 10 speed bike. They're just not they're like they're like, that's great. I see you right every day. You guys are very close. I'll be there with flowers. I'll be there. I support you want a gift. You want to you want a tire pump for the family? It's ridiculous to me. It's wild. It's wild. I, I did not. I did not know this existed. So man, I know people marry dolls, but uh, you're taking it to a different yeah, level. The dolls. I mean, it's crazy, man. I've come across so many of these stories. I had to stop covering them. It's just because I've done it so many times. I'm like, oh, another story about a woman marrying an inanimate object of some sort, like a, a battleship. <laughs> like what? <laughs> an airplane lady married like she married an airplane. I, I, I don't I don't get it. But you know, this is what's going on. You have kids. Have you ever seen offspring? <laughs> any of these? Yeah, very small little 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 uh, gliders they had. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, where could people find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Funny Jones. This is where I post uh, videos of me doing stand-up uh, announcements of where I'm doing shows or anything significant that goes on in my career is on the Instagram at Funny Jones. Okay. And then uh, the podcast really is what I recommend most. Uh, if you thought this, if you thought I was enjoyable on your show, then uh, Weird AF News can be found on any of your podcast players and even on YouTube. I also have a website, weirdafnews.com. And through there, you can find, uh, you can click on whatever podcast player that you listen to. Or even on the uh, home devices, Alexa and uh, the Google Home, you can just tell your device, your smart speaker to play Weird AF, Weird AF News podcast and it'll just automatically play. If you were completely offended by me on your show, then um, I don't recommend the podcast. Mm -hmm. And please don't listen to the podcast that I didn't make you listen to. Mm -hmm. Dislike it and then write a review about that experience. Please just don't do anything. Don't waste your time. If you were like, this boy's a little crass. Don't even go there. Don't even go. Just just please save us all the time in a, in a favor. Just don't even go. I'm not going to make your life any better. You're not going to make my life any better. It's, uh, you know, with, maybe with comedy, they shouldn't allow bad reviews. It should just be somebody because oh, everyone's I got get... such different tastes. And if you watch it, if you listen to something you're offended by, just don't. It's extremely it. subjective, extremely subjective. It's like, you know, you don't. Um, if you're a big fan of Kenny G's music, let's say. Now, I'm not going to judge you. Um, you're a big fan of Kenny G's music, all your sex is missionary style. You're not going to enjoy seeing Tool live is my guess. You're not going to like Tool very much, a band that I adore. You're not going to be comfortable seeing uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, I don't think. I'm pretty sure not. Yeah. You're not going to be comfortable with anybody going back that ass up. <laughs> <laughs> 
or ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar, popping my collar. You're going to be like, what is this? Yeah. Don't go to that concert and then go write a review, a bad review because you didn't enjoy it. Do your research, bro. Do your research. I'm doing it for you. If you think I'm rude, you're not going to like Weird AF News. Mm -hmm. That's how it is. Or my stand up, probably, for that matter. Gotcha. If they don't like you, they're probably not even listening at this point anymore. So right now, no, they've they've clicked away a long time ago, and I apologize. Yeah, you just have the people (laughs) that like you at this point. So it's just. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you're gonna have to work hard to get them back, Michael. I I apologize. (laughs) Hey, my next guest, I promise. (laughs) I have a pastor on who (laughs) happened to fall in love with a satanic erotic fiction writer. Well, Michael, this was a blast, man. Thanks for having me. I hope your uh, your listeners are entertained, and um, and uh, and and I wish you the best on your podcast and your career in stand up, which you're now launching. That's a big career coming. Please <laughs> reach out to me with any questions that you have, any advice. I'm more than happy to give support and advice to you as you go along. Well, thank you. Thanks again, everyone. Check out weirdafnews.com. I listened to a couple episodes. Super funny. Really enjoyed them. So, and very offensive, which is awesome. No, they're not totally offensive. Actually, No, it's not that bad. I don't drop the F-bomb, so I keep it I keep it fairly clean. I realize that smart speakers are projecting into the homes of children, so I keep it pretty tame, pretty yeah. tame. My opinions on some of the stories you might not like, but for the most part, it's clean stuff that can be played anywhere, anywhere. It, it, it won't, it, you won't be shocked like, oh my God, mm-hmm. my grandmother was sitting there. You know, it's not, it doesn't go there. This has been a Dweebs Global production, so please go to dweebsglobal.org. Free mentorship help, everything from resume writing to mental health, completely confidential and completely free. Click subscribe, click join, and we will see you next week.